that's a growler. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Never Any Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and he's the wrong size. The movie, The Never Any Story. I'm Thomas Howith. Those are getting worse. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Scott Corelli. And if you must know, I was referencing Atreyu not being the size that everybody expected of a warrior who hunts the purple spoilers, buffalo. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, let me give you our quick rundown so that we can get into this minute. Minute 23 of the Neverending Story starts with Chiron finishing his sentence. His name is Atreyu. Oh, that's ends- what he was going to say. And it ends with the Treyu ascending the steps as everyone whispers around him. Is that or, accurate? Does yes, everyone yes, approve yes. I think that so. description? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Scott, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. I, I I'm having uh I'm having early two thousands uh uh, music scene flashbacks. <laughs> Atreyu, <laughs> yeah, yes. because of uh, as I, soon as I hear Atreyu, I just think of that hardcore metal band. Uh, that I uh, have, uh, I have them super... in my notes for this minute too. Yeah, because I actually found friends in high school who were like, "You like the Neverending Story? You know, there's a band called Atreyu," and I just. I have always, since they formed in 1998, and my friends told me about them in 1999, I have wanted to get into Atreyu, and I can't. I just can't. I've listened yeah. to different songs. I've listened to their songs that were really big and popular, so maybe it'd be a little less, you know, a little more mainstream, and I just, I'm I'm not feeling it. Have you tried going with other bands that are similar first to build up your taste for it and then heading into a trade, like maybe AFI or something like that? I like a couple songs by AFI. I found a really good quote when I was researching to make sure I was remembering correctly because I was like, I I think I wanted to love them. They all sounded like good people. And uh, there's a quote attributed to Adrian Begrand of Pop Matters. Says Atreyu is too goth to be emo, too metal to be punk, and too brazenly emotional to be metal. Yep, <laughs> that sounds about perfect. That's entirely accurate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I I like a lot of punk music, and I'm still going through my ska phase, and it's just this is too much for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I was in the, I was in my sort of like local music scene. I was in like bands and things in the early 2000s when Atreyu was really big and when the hardcore scene was sort of blowing up. And, um, even in that group, no one liked Atreyu. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, and it, and it was just because like, like that reviewer said, like you, they were, they were, um, they were the hot topic band. Like they weren't the band that like people who were actually in the scene enjoyed. Like they were the like oh like I I shop at Hot Topic. I like uh, screaming screamy music, and I like the Never Ending Story. I it's, understand this reference. It's like it's it's all part of the emo starter kit. Yeah, right. It's kind of it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, and and I don't think anyone like. I, he, they're one of those bands that you don't like forever. Like you kind of you're yeah. they're you're like, oh, I kind of this sort of speaks to me. And then you're like, well, what influenced them? And then you look into that, or you look into what 
Atreyu influence and you start liking those bands and then Atreyu just sort of disappears into the distance. Yeah, one of the band members was talking about his influences and I got really into it reading. It's like, yeah, this sounds really great. I should give them another try. And then I listen to a song. I'm like, nope, it's yeah. still not doing anything for me. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're right of the face because I hope uh, Laura from high school isn't listening to this being like, Tierney, no, don't tell people I like to try you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was really demoralized because I had friends who were much more into the music scene, much cooler than I was. And I remember I was the first person to hear when K-Rock first came over to New York, Good Charlotte on the radio. I was like, guys, guys, I found a band. And then it, Good Charlotte turned into Good Charlotte. And I was like, no, (laughs) I've finally done it. I've finally been the first person to hear a new band. And then, like you, like you said, the Hot Topic band. Right. And I was like, never mind. I'm just going to slink back into my hole. Please keep sending me Phantom Planet stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I give up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I Yeah. I, I do love that we all were like, his name is a trade We're like, we have to talk about the band. <laughs> of course we do. And it is named for him. It's not like, oh, it's a coincidence. No, no. This, this is an ode to the Neverending story. Definitely. Right. And And that was and that was a thing during in the early two thousands. A lot of bands named themselves after ref like eighties and nineties references. Because you had you had Atreyu, you had Bayside, you had uh uh, what's the Rufio, which we just talked yeah. about <laughs> yesterday's minute. Um, so, so you had a bunch of these bands that were named after like characters or cities from eighties and nineties stuff. Uh, it was a that was a thing. The the pop culture reference bands. And now we have minute podcasts. About yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny this comes up today because um, I was just recently guesting on the Princess Bride minute, and it was during the portion of the movie where they form a brute squad. And so we were trying to think of things that could be named the brute squad. Like, you know, it's not quite a band name, but maybe like a roller derby team or, or some kind of like triple a football team, the brute squad. (laughs) (laughs) But I could definitely see it being something like that, where all these pop culture references move into these band names. Yeah. Well, Bayside, who uh, they they were, you know, they're obviously they're named after the high school from Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. But they they actually have two songs that are named after uh, never ending story quotes. They have uh, they look like strong hands and they're not horses. They're unicorns. Hey. Oh, yeah. Two of my favorite we're, quotes. <laughs> we're going to have to get some clips up. Yeah. Let yep. the copyright infringement begin. Bayside, <laughs> Bayside. Bay, Bayside is easy listening. They're not a, like a Treyu at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're comparing them here, but they're not the same. <laughs> right, they're not the same. Aw. Well, I, yeah, I kind of enjoyed the moment when I realized, like, hey, guys, we're grown-ups. We make the culture now. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, there are references to things I grew up with on sitcoms on, like, ABC, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we finally got old enough to actually have some say in our representation. But Absolutely. yeah, it's I I do love. I think with Crystal Beth, we were talking about how funny it is that most of the movies by minutes podcasts are ones we grew up with. 
Mm-hmm. And actually, even the newer ones were like, yeah, they're newer movies, but it's ones you grew up with, like Spider-Man's yeah. high school thing. Yeah, I think we even referenced Spider-Man at that time, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, because she was like, well, they're not all older movies. And then I had to think about how long ago Spider-Man <laughs> came out and got really, <laughs> really sad. <laughs> yes. So, Scott, you now get introduced to Bastion for the first time in your minutes. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm having trouble with this kid because uh, he's, he might be – like he is abnormally adorable. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a superpower on this kid. I, I, he's like some co- kind of adorable mutant. I don't know what to deal with that is. <laughs> Well, his name is Barrett Oliver, if you didn't know, and he's done a couple other things. He's done this. He did uh, a movie called Daryl that I really liked growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, we've commented already on how perfect he was cast for this role. And he's an amazing actor for his age, too. Not even for his age. He's an amazing actor. It's always the really amazing child actors are always the ones that quit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, we we got Bastion here. You got Newt in Aliens. Um, every time you're just like, wow, that is an amazing actor for, oh. for a child actor. And then they quit. And you're like, no, uh, King Joffrey on Game of Thrones has no interest in acting after uh. the show. And we're just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, I'm kind of glad because I kind of hated seeing his face. So, well, <laughs> yeah, but the, the actor did such a good job exactly. making you hate him. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> um, I think this is our first cutback to Bastion reading in the attic. I believe you're right, yes. All right, good. I wanted to make sure I got that right. And I, I do want to talk about his luggage book bag again. But, yeah, when you were saying crazy adorable, the little tiny smile when he repeats a Atreyu's name mm-hmm. just breaks your heart. And I couldn't help imagining what shooting those scenes in the attic must have been like. Because it's just him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's that's... him, a camera, and a crew on the opposite side. Yup. And now I'm thinking about all his attic scenes, and I'm like, I can't believe how good Barrett Oliver is. Because when you think about what he was given on the page and then told to do, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Wolfgang Peterson on the other side of the camera being like, and now smile, or something. I. Oh, man. And then later when he's running around in the room, it's just yeah. like... You must have just felt there had to be moments where he's like, I feel so stupid right now. <laughs> All right, Tiernisa, we're back to real world. Okay, so I've we've been talking about how either the real world that Bastion knows is influencing what happens in Fantasia for him, or whether it's just, you know, stuff like that. Like so he's had this thing on his backpack forever. Mm-hmm. But now, all of a sudden, the main character is going to be a Native American-styled character. Who hunts buffalo. Yeah, who hunts buffalo, of course, because there's a buffalo in his picture, too. And referencing other stuff, like in this room, there's a there's a wolf, and there's other stuff that kind of ties into the story or later on. is it a coincidence, and it's that thing where once you hear something, once you see it everywhere. Exactly. It's... <laughs> 
mind-boggling. This movie is mind-boggling when you go with this deep. We it really is. We don't have a definitive answer yet. But I do have a definitive warning for Bastion that if he keeps his legs up like that, they're going to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. That's one of those... Uh, that little pose seems like it'd be really comfortable at first, and then it's going to get uncomfortable real quick. Now, I don't know if it's just my old age, but I know when I was a kid that my legs falling asleep wasn't nearly as bothersome. Like, it didn't happen as often. I don't know if it's because I'm old and my, my joints don't want to move that way anymore, or if it's that I didn't sit still long enough for it to happen. Oh, my legs were always falling asleep when I was a kid. Yeah, I think, I think you have better circulation, maybe, yeah. as a kid. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But, um, maybe that's it. So what about this creepy skull sitting behind Bastion's head? Best okay. not to talk about it. <laughs> and it looks like there's other, like, bones on that shelf. It's the shelf of Creeperdom. It's mm-hmm. got some some uh, science stuff in there, some beakers and tubes and crazy stuff like that. Yeah, this is... Although, to be fair, I remember in high school, not middle school, but I never went into the side classroom in middle school, there was a room off our biology teacher's classroom that connected to the other biology teacher's classroom. And that's where all the stuff was stored. And I had to go in there when we worked on, well, I'm allergic to mold. And so I couldn't work on the samples like right there in my face. And Mm -hmm. so me and the other kid who was also allergic had to go in this room and like write a paper or something. And it was the creepiest room. And like, I was in suburban Connecticut. There was nothing weird here. (laughs) I think they're just inherently gross stuff in them. <laughs> you say nothing weird in suburban Connecticut. Have you read Stephen King? Well, <laughs> Isn't that Maine? Yeah, it's the whole northeastern kind of oh. area yeah. well, up there. Um, my town is also one of the shooting locations for Stepford Wives and what it's based on, so we we embrace the horror. Oh, hmm. goodness. Cred. Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> side note, humble brag. My mom, her sister, and her cousin all worked as tour guides in the mansion that they use as the big main house, actually in both Stepford Wife ones, the the interior, not the exterior. And so she and her sister used to, like, take turns hiding in that closet and dramatically falling out as if they were dead All right, but that doesn't happen in this movie. (laughs) So in this movie, we we were talking about Atreyu and music. Speaking of music, this is my absolute favorite theme in the in the movie. And really? we, yes, it is. Every time it happens, I I remember how much I love it. You just have this simple do 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 do, and it's so amazing. It just pulls me in every time. Thomas, is the seduction complete for you? Oh, completely complete. <laughs> my oh, I almost went <laughs> down a bad path there. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, don't, don't be like me. Be better. Don't go on tangents. <laughs> uh, I didn't even make a note of the music, but you're right. We have that same, like, it, it's the, the something's happening music, you. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like the Fantasia theme or something like that. I don't know how you would classify it. And if I had the soundtrack, maybe I would know, but I, this is why we need to have, uh, Chris on to, to help educate us, maybe. Uh-oh. <laughs> So we pan it back out to the beautiful matte painting again of the ivory tower, and I'm confused because the sun has now gone down again. Well, maybe. But it's still on the same side of the world. 
Um... <laughs> Maybe the sun doesn't get high in the sky in Fantasia? <laughs> this scene has to always be exactly as beautiful as it is now. Yeah. So we're going to... <laughs> it's not actually a sun. It's a big light for maximum impact on the tower. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, like when in TV shows... They're like, look at the beautiful moon. And you're like, that's not a moon. That's a light that they have for shooting at night. <laughs> and they just always have a beautiful sun going. No? I'm alone uh, in this maybe, one? Maybe. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to make it work. I swear. I was going to say, we do get back now to where we get a good, clear view of the fish people. Yes. The fish people are gorgeous. And we also have new extras because I have not seen these flower girls. Unless, are these the triplets? Yeah, those are the triplets. Okay. They look ready to be in someone's wedding. Now, what about, um, oh my goodness, my pop culture brain just died. Who's the guy on Hellraiser? Uh, Pinhead. uh, Yeah. So who, do you see this guy up in the top now who's like a clear, has a clear head, but it looks like Pinhead? I didn't see that movie because I was too afraid of the cover at Blockbuster. (laughs) Well, this guy that's right above the large-headed people looks like a, a glass version of Pinhead. <laughs> yeah, he does a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that would be less scary. Yeah, that was one. And it was like on a corner at my local Blockbuster, so you always walked past it. I love <sighs> the Hellraiser movies. <laughs> nope. Too Xenobites. Sorry, I'm getting real personal on this episode. Jesus right. Please. So when Bastion is reacting to what everyone else is reacting to, is he reading the description of Atreyu and being like, hey, he's Native American, like the guy on my bag? I would assume so, yeah. And that's why he he doesn't even hear the name or he hears the name, but he hasn't seen – obviously hasn't seen him. But yeah, he's reading along and he sees what he looks like according to the description. He said it was a warrior who hunts the purple buffalo. True. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what put it in his mind. Because he doesn't react to it being a little boy until after Nighthawk does that amazing facial reaction. Mm-hmm. Of, huh? So this first image of Atreyu brings to mind something that I watched yesterday as a video. I'm so glad you're going to bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> of course I am. So I watched, I recently watched Wonder Woman and it was amazing. And I saw this video that Gal Gadot did. It was like a little interview. And <laughs> yeah, for, that's a great video. <laughs> for some reason, the first thing she mentions is the Princess Bride and followed shortly after by the never ending story where she talks about her nine year old crush on Atreyu. <laughs> oh. And she's like, I've always really, when I was nine years old, I just had a thing for guys with long hair. He was um, big in Europe. He was right. big everywhere. So my notes are, hi, Noah Hathaway, with an exclamation point. Jeez Louise, you are a pretty boy. <laughs> um, so he was born in November 1971. So I think he would have been 12 when this was filming. Mm-hmm. My math is correct. Thank you. I'm sure we'll talk about him more over time. So I didn't want to say too much. But yes, as Thomas has called me out on before, I started watching this when I was too young. I had not figured out that boys were a separate thing that was anything to even care about. But then I did. And no, uh, Noah Hathaway definitely touched off a trend. And 
if Gal Gadot ever wants to watch a Brad Renfro movie with me or a Lucas Haas movie with me, <laughs> she should give me a call because I'm pretty sure I've seen all of them, even the upsetting ones. <laughs> I love that, like, oh, man. And I had a crush on a boy in middle school who had longer hair, and in retrospect, no. But, yeah, it was just a whole thing, and his hair is so much nicer than mine will ever be. Oh, he gets the... Is- is this the minute where he gets the turning shot? No, it's oh. later. It's later. <laughs> we'll talk about that tomorrow, I think. Uh, I can feel my ends splitting just looking at how perfect. Yeah, that's but your, yeah, your ends splitting that you're feeling, Tony, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I'm going to bring it back to Gal Gadot. No, I'm convinced. I'm just like, I am Wonder Woman. I think people who make good ice cream should be very proud of themselves. (laughs) I am all about the message in her movie. I also think Chris Pine's very pretty, but yeah, I totally went through the phase where I was like, that's a, like, literally, I'm not saying this as an insult, like, that is a pretty boy. (laughs) That is, Mm -hmm. that is a thing that now as a kid, I'm going to be like, oh, hi. (laughs) So when we, um, in second 57, when we have a look at Noah there, there's this weird creature in the background that has two goat heads. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that? Why are there multiple goat? I mean, we already oh. talked about this yesterday. Goodness, yeah. <laughs> the many faces. I thought here the- with a thousand faces. Come on, and one's a goat. Yeah, oh, why not? No, two are a goat. Didn't I just say it had two heads? No, but that was. <laughs> Is that a goat or a wolf? It's got horns. One's a wolf and one's a goat. Okay, okay, thank you. Because yeah. I was like, only one has horns. Yeah. Well, maybe one's a female. Do the females goats, go, female goats have horns? I don't yes, know. Yes, but this creature maybe is something different. So <laughs> that could work. I'm mm. just loving, now that we're frozen on second 52nd, fifth, the, now that we're frozen on second 57, the look on the guy in front of Mr. Goat's face <laughs> is mm-hmm. really great. And actually, the, uh, yeah, both the humanoids on either side of Noah in this second, uh, we have not a good, the best look. We have a good still shot of Rabe in the background here. They're yeah. both, they're both thinking, wow, that is a pretty boy. <laughs> <laughs> Although somebody should have worked a little harder on blending his, his facial tone down into his chest. Cause his chest is a little pale compared to his, his face. Looks to me like it's just the lighting possibly causing problems it's very shiny that's a general issue that you run into when you are tanning someone for film uh is that the you have to like figure you have to the your makeup artist has to figure out the lighting situation because if they match the face to the chest it won't look like it's matched in the lighting because lighting is made to light your face not your chest and so what they usually have to do is compensate so that when you're standing on, around on set, your face and your chest don't look the same at all. But then on camera, it looks great. Uh, but if they didn't know to do that, that would be why he's like more orange on his face than on his neck and chest. All right. Not to delve too deep. I mean, this is a minute podcast. But if you look at seven second 55, somebody's uh-huh. got a pom pom. <laughs> It's right by Noah Hathaway's uh, left arm. Oh, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> there are apparently cheerleaders in Fantasia. Isn't that the head of the little... Wasn't there someone running around 
I didn't see anybody with with pom pom head. Okay. <laughs> I I do like it better, and I would like it best if because everyone standing around there has a dour look on their face. So it's even better if it belongs to one of them. Looks like Goathead might have three heads. I can't tell if they're all connected. Yeah, it's really or hard. Or how they're all connected. Oh, it's all difficult. <laughs> might might just be a gaggle of wolves or whatever you yeah. want to wolves and goats. <laughs> that all hang out together. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, Scott, I'm really glad we have you on this film to speak knowledgeably about making movies since the last time I made a movie was when I had a crush on Brad Renfro. So it's been a <laughs> I think I did a... <laughs> the closest I ever came to making a movie was in French class. We had to do a television episode, but in French. And we chose to do, like, the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and, <laughs> but we were all speaking French. It was, and then we did commercials and stuff, too. It was, it was pretty fun. But that was about the closest I ever came to making a movie. <laughs> oh, once I found out... I think it was junior year of high school, or maybe it was sophomore and then junior year we implemented it. Once I found out that teachers were perfectly happy to grade a three-minute video in lieu of a five-page essay, that was every project I could get away with doing a video for. (laughs) And then we passed that along to the next class, and so I ended up shooting a bunch of them because I was the girl with the camcorder. So I have, I found, actually, I was going through the 8mm tapes the other day, and I was like, wait a second, this isn't my project. This is someone else's, why do I have this footage? (laughs) So we've talked previously about the three triplet girls. Mm -hmm. I just realized there are three triplet guys as well. Where? If you look at seconds 37. Are they also ready to be in a wedding? No, they look partially monkey <laughs> oh yeah the planet of the apes guys yeah. yeah there's three of those planet of the apes guys and they might even have red eyes there's yeah three of them? yeah there's three of them see, see no evil oh, hear, hear oh. no evil <laughs> speak no evil oh i do see sorry one is standing slightly apart from yeah them, so I do. and he's taller than the other two yeah he's in charge in fact yeah. i think that is what i call him steve one tube Oh, I bet it is Steve One Tube. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. So they just look like they just look like apes from afar. <laughs> yeah. Now that we can see them head on, we we have a clear vision of what they actually are. Well, yeah. but again, Fantasia encompasses all fantasy. Yes. So Star could, Wars yeah. and Planet of the Apes <laughs> both are in Fantasia. All here, and apparently right. Hellraiser. <laughs> oh, you're right. The book points out in multiple places that the Empress rules over all the inhabitants of Fantasia without judging them. So whether you're good, bad, ugly, beautiful, if you're fantasy, you're in. Hmm. And she will take care of you and she will rule over you. And they say that when you see all the messengers, I forget who, but I want to say one of our messengers that we were following gets kind of nervous seeing like a vampire doctor walking around and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just like, no, that's they're they're all here. They all respect the Empress. And so yeah, Hellraiser is there, apparently or Pinhead is there. I think Super Mario might even be represented here as well. If you <laughs> look at <laughs> keep looking at second thirty seven and the person oh. that's 
yeah, the toad is directly beneath Chiron. <laughs> I love that I immediately saw uh, it. And um, Quirrell is here from Harry Potter <laughs> to Toad's right. See oh, yeah. His head thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that checks out. Voldemort tried underneath their brewing. Right. Oh, boy. But again, even Voldemort would be welcomed and protected. But they it comes up more than once because it's the trade-off of they all respect the Empress because she rules over all of them. So the fact that the Empress is sick affects everyone. And it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're usually would be draining the blood or trying to take over the wizarding world. You know, you got to get here. You got to figure out what's going on. And you've got to hope that Atreyu saves the day, mm-hmm. which is why they all flip out <sighs> when they see that it's a kid. <laughs> all right, guys. I think I've exhausted my notes for this minute. How about you guys? Oh, yes. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Well, we have one more minute. Scott, are you going to join us on Friday? Yeah, of course. I would laugh if you didn't come back tomorrow after being right. here all week. <laughs> I can't promise an awesome pun like I did last week, but since I didn't build it up, I'm not not going to expect myself to do it either. <laughs> I learned my lesson, everybody. I'm not going to build it up again. <laughs> Bring on the dad jokes. <laughs> we'll see about it. I'll work on one for next week, maybe. But anyway, we get to see some more about and learn about um, Atreyu's mission a little bit tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to that. But... That's That's another another story story. that shall be told another time. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.